Welcome to Unbroken Jars. I'm Doug. And I'm Randy. And this is a podcast where we explore individuals' real-life stories and real faith. You're listening to Unbroken Jars, episode 25, Big Man, Bigger God. The light of Jesus shines through the darkness, and we carry this light in unbroken jars of clay. We have a life and a story about our faith journey, but we're not struck down or destroyed. Our stories shine the light on Jesus and His power. Our faith walk has forever been shaped by the life of one man. That's Jesus. Jesus continues to use these real-life stories of those around us to mold us. We dive into this world by investigating, interviewing, and walking alongside real people who share their stories, their faith stories of struggle, sin, joy, and victory, and how God is leading them will help shape your faith journey in unbroken jars of clay. Today, Hoss Johnson is joining us. Hoss, a good friend of mine, uh, and I met Hoss several years ago when his children came through our ministry, um, and, and they came through here at Mayfair. I, I work with our young adults, and um, Hoss is known for many things, including football, smoking meat, mission work, <laughs> um, and just being a, a huge, jolly fellow. Uh, and if you're listening to this episode, um, you, you're in for a treat, because Hoss is, is so much fun just to be around, but... Hoss is one of my favorite people because of the big love that he shows to so many people, um, and uh, I'm grateful to have him here today. Yeah, if you ever meet Hoss, you'll never forget him. Um, he's just one of those people that's so encouraging to be around. I really mean that, Hoss, and, and he always has you laughing or smiling at one of his comments. Uh, Hoss, we really do want to thank you for taking the time to join us today, and we want to welcome you to the Unbroken Jars community. Well, it's good to be here, guys, and uh, both y'all mean a lot to me. Uh, of course, I've known Randy longer. And, uh, and Doug came on the scene, so yeah. so I appreciate the both the ministries that y'all do Thank here, you. here at Mayfair. Well, we uh, uh, this this was a new one. What we're doing yeah. right now, yeah. sitting down talking to people yeah. like this, this all came out of the pandemic, and uh, did. which we'll hear about some some interesting things that came out of the pandemic with you as well. But um, so so I read and I said this, yeah. you know, Hoss came the other night and talked to my young adults, and uh, and I read this where Hoss was born at he was when he was born he was thirteen pounds. And from that point yeah. on, he was named Hoss. Yeah. It was stuck. Bonanza was number one at the time in <laughs> 1963, or close yeah. to it, uh, yeah. with NBC. So, yeah. and, uh, and with Dan Blocker being a big man, about, he was, I think Dan was about 6'4, 250, 260, which that's, I'm a little heavier than that. Well, I was actually, gonna say, I'm a lot heavier. I don't know <laughs> so, if you got down that low. But ironically, Dan, that was middle school yeah, weight yeah, for you, wasn't Dan it? Dan Blocker, he he went, he lived in Texas, went to high school with one of my distant cousins. Oh, wow. And we're at a family reunion. And uh, he, we were sitting there, he said, Hey, I went to high school with him. He said, He was a great actor in high school. He said, This big old guy on stage is just this jolly guy and everything. So he said he knew Dan uh, in high school. It was pretty neat to, to see that. Uh, and there's a lot of similarities, not only with his name, but I'll tell you more about that story later sure. with, with Dan and uh, passing mm-hmm. away, I think, in 1973. Uh, I think so. Well, tell us. So, so one yeah. of the ways that we introduce a lot of the people here to you, and we want to know kind of about your growing up life. Can you tell us a little bit about your 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 coming up life, your raising? I know that you you spoke a lot about that when you came and talked to my young yeah. adults and the influence your parents yeah. had. But my, and, and I was born here in Huntsville, one yeah. of the few people that I, I don't know. Are either one of you born in Huntsville? Brandy I'm is. Brandy, no, no, you're I'm, not. Yeah, I'm a so, South Alabama boy. So you're <laughs> yeah, so you're L.A. Lower yeah, Alabama. So, That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> I was born here in Huntsville. Not a lot of us around. Uh, you know, there are now because we're the biggest city in the state. And so, born in '63. And uh, just being big right out of the chute, you know, you just got kind of, you just, it's, it comes normal, I guess, uh, just kind of get in your way or get out of my way, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, But my, my parents, uh, as I shared the other night, my, my parents, we, we were, my mom and dad were very consistent. Okay, they, we always went to church no matter what, and it wasn't begrudging. Uh, for us, we they made it fun for us. My mm-hmm. mom and dad were a lot of fun. We had one car, so if you didn't go to church, 
you better be real sick. I didn't miss a day of school in 12 years. I mean, oh, wow. we didn't miss school because mom worked at school. Dad was up and going. So <laughs> you didn't miss school because we only had one vehicle. And uh, so I had a great life uh, growing up with Christian parents, which makes a huge difference. My grandmother lived two streets over, my grandmother grandfather. And so being, being a, just a good old Southern boy and living and working and playing in the streets – Back then, you know, we played football out in the streets and basketball, and I lived close to Butler High School, which is now a church, ironically, mm-hmm. and uh, the old Butler High School. And so we we would yeah. just do things and have a good time. But I remember at the age of 12, my dad being in church all the time, he, he talked to me about, hey, you need to think about becoming a Christian because everybody in the family was a Christian and we'd gone to church. And and uh, he, he showed me that path, not only with his life and my mom as well, because the way they lived and uh, what we did, but the way the way they did everything, mm-hmm. the way they tithed, the way they t- their time, they spent their time and talents in the church and with their kids. Mm-hmm. And when we were we were disciplined like all kids should be, and, and some <laughs> people like think it's wrong, but it was it was sure. the right thing to do because. I, I was pretty stubborn. I called myself the black sheep of the family for a while there because everybody in my family later in life was in the ministry but me. So I said, well, I'm the black sheep. Now I'm in the ministry, so I guess I'm a white sheep now. But whatever. Brought back in. I'm brought fold. back in. But so becoming a Christian at an early age, at 12 years old, my dad led me to the Lord. And growing in faith, and it was not easy sometimes. And then all of a sudden, I start growing. And then I'm, at 12, I'm six foot 200 pounds. Eighth grade, I'm six two two twenty. So, I mean, things are just like, and then all of a sudden, here I am, a senior, getting recruited by several schools in football and uh, and got some recruiting in basketball. I love basketball. If you're out there to play two sports, that's a coaching point for me. <laughs> okay, that's how I got my scholarship. Mm. So, Coach Bryant saw me play in the state tournament. He in was basketball? In basketball in Tuscaloosa. Oh, wow. And so, that's what the coach – He's like, that guy doesn't need to be yeah, on a basketball like, court. So, yeah, so I was – so. A great family bringing upbringing, and then and then uh, so life was good, and didn't go to the University of Alabama because of that. How many? How many yes, in the family? How many? Others. Uh, my brother is is five years older. My sister is three years older. So my sister, there's some. This is great. So my brother. Oh boy, I'm, my my math gets quirky once I get to the grandchildren. I got one grandchild. I got a son and a daughter. My son's married and got a granddaughter. My brother, the oldest, has got seven children, and he's got nine or ten grandchildren. Holy moly. Not mm. through yet, brother. My sister <laughs> already lives in Delaware, and she's got 12 kids and I think 10 grandkids. 12 yes, kids? Yes, yes, I'm telling you. It's like when we get together. She didn't know what was happening, did she? Oh, yeah. When we get, oh, no. When we get together, <laughs> if if – we get to get when we get together, which is hard because they're in Delaware and some are in Texas. We're all over. It, it's hard to get together. We're about close to sixty of us from three siblings. Oh wow! And 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 uh, and that's my mom and dad are passed away. So that's just the three siblings, and I'm, <clears throat> you know, and that's with wives and everything and kids and grandkids and, you know, it won't be long before we have great grandchildren somewhere. Not no. me. It'd be a while for me. So, but yeah, it but, better be. But. Now, uh, this yeah. this may not be a fair no, question, but are 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 your siblings horses like you? No, no, my brother. Well, my brother's about six one to thirty, maybe. So he's not real, but that's not big to me. I mean, if you're no, six, I mean that's normal. Uh, my my sister's not big at all. Uh, my dad wasn't, but my my grandmother's side of the family was the side that came from. And okay. that's the side from Arkansas, and uh, her. Them rice fed. Pork. Oh, it was it was yeah, it was a lot of something because uh, Lonnie, <laughs> Lonnie was six nine and a half. He played college basketball. Lonnie's son is half an inch from seven foot, so six eleven and a half. Lonnie's other son is six ten, and then my uncle was about six four. So so it's, it's there's it it's bled in from both sides, but the Arkansas bunch had a lot to do with it. So we yeah. got we got some tall, and then there. The grandchildren up there are all the girls are six foot or better. It's uh, so we, when you get us together in Arkansas, it's like a land of giants. <laughs> so all all the college basketball 
Yeah, but in the but in yeah. the immediate family when yeah. you're growing up, you were the baby. You I was the, the baby, exactly. I was the baby, uh, and, and my they always we had a a, a, a what did we have a fiftieth anniversary or something for mom and dad. So they put the tag on me and my sister. That she put my name and she said the favorite baby, you know, uh-huh. favorite. So like, well, I can't help it because I was the last one at home. So I did. I was the only one. That, I got dad's truck from his business. And, you know, stuff and fixed it up and, and stuff like that. And I still have that truck to this day. It's parked at a farm. I got to go get it and redo it. But, yeah, so I was the baby. So being a baby, it's got a lot of benefits. So I wasn't <laughs> a middle child. I wasn't the first. I was the baby. So, But you were a big baby. So I was I, a big baby. So my, my question it's would, would be when they yeah. – so when you were born or shortly thereafter, yeah. I guess the, the target or uh, – thing that was being thought about you, this guy's going to be a football player one yes, day. Yes, well, that, and, and exactly, Randy. It's, it's, it's because, I, I mean, think, 12 years old, I'm six foot, 200 pounds. Okay. The, he's on, he's not going to stop. And then all of a sudden, you know, get to high school, 6'3", 240 as a freshman. And so, and then get to a 6'4", 255, 260, and then get to Alabama and, end up at right at 290, something like that. Yeah. So I decided that felt good, so I still hang around that weight <laughs> to this day. So. Well, tell but us, yeah. tell so, us yeah. a little about your football career because yeah. it kind of led you into a football career yeah. of sorts. So. It was natural because my dad played football, had, had a scholarship uh, to play football. And dad and my brother played football, but he, he went into, he went to, into uh, a Christian school and became a minister. Uh, and, of course, my sister, she was a cheerleader, so – uh, she she uh, went to college and got married, had her twelve kids. <laughs> so, but my my career just it, it was kind of natural. It's just like if anybody comes in these doors, yeah. And if I see one, it's just a natural recruiting thing. Hey, let's go after that guy. <laughs> and you got oh there. So it just came natural because dad, mom worked at the school and we had good football there at Butler. And then dad mm-hmm. drove the buses, so I was always I was a manager. Before I played football, the football team, I knew everything about football. I could tear helmets apart, fix shoulder pads. So I was the manager on the football team because I went to practice every day to watch my brother play. So I was busy being a manager, part of the football team. Never thought about playing football, but as I got bigger, then I got in junior high, it came natural. Yes, it came natural. And then, and all the, then as they say, the rest is history because as you get in it and look where we live, I mean, the culture oh, yeah. here, the yeah. it's the culture the what's what's here it's like they say alabama it, it doesn't matter if you're which fan you are even if you're a tennessee fan the alabama <laughs> folks believe this if you do, but the but the bottom line is we don't love football we live it oh, yeah it's yeah. it's a true story we live football to the point of it's you it's like this sounds bad but if you go to a game on, you can you can call these two guys. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But if you go to a game on Saturday night and you ain't at church on Sunday, something's wrong. I don't care. Well, I was too tired to come to church. Well, don't go to the game. Well, I got tickets. Well, you knew that when you bought the tickets. That's just a sideline. Sorry about that. Yeah. But now, now you're preaching. Now I know it's just. <laughs> but it, I like that. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Is a. I'm with you. If you make a commitment, and you got your kids watching, but the football was unnatural thing and it's kind of honestly when the lights came on and being a guy ego and you're successful and people start talking to you and you're getting introduced to this and you know all of a sudden that you got to be careful that that doesn't define you later in life that's where a lot of guys have a hard time where Alabama or professional sports or whatever sport or singing or whatever it is it can happen in ministry too. Yeah. It, it, that, if that defines you, you're in trouble, and that's where you got. That's where I had issues along the way, but I had a lot of people guide me through discipleship, saying, "Hey, you know, we, we need to puncture your head. It's getting way too big." And mm-hmm. so, but yeah, football was just kind of a natural thing. Uh, loved it. It paid for my education. Praise the Lord. I, I, I told them I, I had to I crammed four into five. So they were paying, <laughs> so I was staying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a great time. And you went on. There's more to that. Yeah. Though. You continued on afterwards. Yeah. A, a five at Alabama, and then, then I tried the NFL. 
went to the Cardinals and uh, stayed with them until the first game. And then got through with the first game and it's like, okay, they, they cut me. Uh, I tell everybody I retired because cutting sounds rough. No, I'm just, <laughs> but they cut me. Yeah. But I still got paid, but some some money. But it, it wasn't great money. We're talking about 1987, folks. Don't think I, it's not like I hold. He made a hundred thousand dollars. No, it wasn't like that. But the uh, waited, then went to Tampa Bay and played down there four games, I think, and then got cut again. I thought, you know, I'm through with this, and I'm glad yeah. I did because my health is paying for the, just the college football stuff now. But it's not sure. bad. It's just my arthritis and hands, and I'm not complaining at all. I'm blessed. It's right. it's, it's my platform that God's given me to, to, to share with other people all over the world. Right. About, about, it's opened a lot of doors. It's opened a tremendous – I mean, I have so many stories. There's not enough time for me to tell you how God's opened doors through football that there's two things I found out that you can walk in any country, music and sports. Mm-hmm. You can walk through any country. I don't care what – if you go in music, you carry a guitar, or if you carry sports equipment, we can walk right through. <laughs> and you can tell them that you're a Christian. And I say, well, we, we kind of like your music, or we like what you can sing to <laughs> our kids or to us, or, oh, it's this sport. Oh, okay, well, let's come on in. We'll forgive you, but we're, we're going to watch you. But they're so happy you're there. The, the, the relationships are built. So mm, yeah, it's a platform. We all have a platform. Well, and, and like – like yeah. you said, and, and we'll hear more about like where that's led you now. But along this way, uh, you you were married, yes. and 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 eventually have children. Tell us a little yeah. bit about um, your married oh. life, and then the the person okay. you married. My, I met my wife in college. Uh, my, my 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 mother went because she worked at the school. She went with the I think this is right the French club to Europe. Okay, so the French teacher was ironically kin to my wife. I didn't know this at the time. So my wife went at a discount because they were kin. So my mom goes, and this is uh, July of, or June of uh, 85. Mm-hmm. So, so my mom goes to Europe. My future wife's on that trip. And my mom meets her. And it's like, hey, I want you, there's this girl. It's Margie's. A niece, her name's Lisa. So da da da. So okay, mom. So I get to camp. I was working, and she was finally at school in August of '85. So I found out where she lived. Knocked on the door, didn't get her. Knocked on the door, and I'd hurt my knee a little bit, so I had ice on it. So I go over there with an ice bag on, camouflage shorts. I just got <laughs> out of the shower, and I knock on the door. She comes to the door with her cousin who who lived there, and I meet her. I'm like. And she wasn't but five two. I'm like, oh my! She's like, oh, mom did good on this one. I, I'm not seeing the picture, so I'm going, oh, this is like a pre-approved credit card. Mom's already approved it. I don't want to. So, so my mom actually met her first, yeah. and so and then we started dating. That was August '85, June of '87. I was through with football at Alabama. And, uh, I was through from the '86 season. We get engaged, then get married in June of '87. And uh, so I got married June 20th, and, and this is marriage advice. Whatever you do, don't, don't get married and then leave your wife uh, July 15th. Y'all can do the math. That wasn't even 30 days. And I go, and <laughs> I move in into a, a dorm up in Illinois for the St. Louis Cardinals training camp for yeah. six weeks. Oh, wow. With Earl Johnson, a running back from Oklahoma who was hilarious. Well, great guy, but. We had different rooms, but I won't, I'll be blunt. I want to sleep with my wife, not yeah. Earl, in the next room. So yeah, I heard like, that. yeah, so it, so that was that was that advice there. Just don't try. <laughs> that was very hard uh, right after getting married, and then uh, of course had Tyler, my son, in ninety, and my daughter Madison in uh, ninety one. And so just proud of my kids. Uh, we we were blessed. My wife's in real estate. I was working for the city. Uh, had a great job. And love love what I did, and she was in real estate, and we got we got to do a lot of things, and different aspects of things, uh, and and of course this church was part of it, and, and our kids coming here, uh, I think Randy you got on right when they got out of the 
kids ministry. I think that's right. Yeah, Lisa. Right. Lisa was teaching with Mar- was Margie teaching. upstairs. Margie, that's right. And yeah. I was going to just jump yeah. back a little bit. Was Lisa? Yeah. Was she? Did she grow up a sports fan? Did yeah, she, she did. She, oh yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. So her dad played. This is a great story. Uh, Toes are so many things that that open a lot of doors. Just stories that happened to me that I share with. It, but that's one of them that's big because. Lisa's dad played Alabama from 50 to 54. Jim Davis from Hamilton, Alabama. So Jim was uh, was an attorney, successful attorney. He, he played at Alabama, started. And if you watch Tommy Lewis come off the sidelines, the Alabama against Rice, mm-hmm. yeah. Tommy Lewis was my insurance agent here in Huntsville, but Tommy played at Alabama. They're playing Rice. Tommy is on the sidelines. And Tommy comes off the sideline and makes the tackle against the running back from Rice. The guy standing beside him was my father-in-law who just broke his leg in the cotton bowl practice. And he's on crutches. And he said he looks up and he's like, where'd Tommy go? He looks up there. There's Tommy tackled the guy. Remember, Tommy's not in the game. He's on the sidelines. He tackles the guy. So, So he was part of that. So she grew up a big, big Alabama fan. And they lived real close to Tuscaloosa. So, yeah, it was... That was a big part of, of, of her culture yeah. and everything. That may be why you got the date. It may have, it may have been. It I may mean, have not been the camouflage shirt. Well, ironically, her dad bag. has a shirt, a jersey with the number 60 on it, and that's what number I wore. He wore it for really? a year or two there, so it's pretty neat. Yeah, I've got, I got a big print of him. And, uh, matter of fact, I gave it to my son because my son later on was number 60 when he played high school ball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but ha- having that in our family, I had that with my dad. She had it with her dad. So, that was that was another plus is you got to have, you know, because I'd go over there on Friday afternoon if we're playing at home before we had to be in, and her and her cousin would do a pep rally for me, my own part pep rally. So I'm, I forgot about that until <laughs> just now. So I had pep rally for two years. Uh, it, it, if we're out of town playing Penn State or something, or traveling, I get the pep rally on Thursday. So. <laughs> And but, she was also a, the, a common denominator was Jesus. So yes, she was oh a yeah, very yeah. Spiritual she was. Lady she and, was, and, and uh, uh, she was. She was a devout in her faith for sure. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that was a strong thing because she she'd grown up like I had. Is hey, it, it's it, it's like meals. You got to have them to survive. Well, you need. It, it's not the building that has anything. It's the people in the building and right. the, and who you're following and worshiping as a collective group it's not a and i'm a coach so i know this when you get get people together and get them all in unity whether they're singing or working on a in belize on a mission trip or in israel like i was a few weeks coaching football or working with the kids it's those relationships because it's not the building the buildings you know we got beautiful churches this is one of them this this thing is going to burn one day yeah it it means nothing it's the people and we we're the it's the people, not the steeple. You know, yeah. some people think it's the steeple. So, but yeah, it's the it's that relationship. So that 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 made a big difference uh, yeah. in, in our life. And you know. I don't. Hopefully, you're okay with sharing. Yeah. But no. maybe maybe you know something unexpectedly happened yeah. to, to Lisa. Yeah. Maybe if you don't mind sharing. No, no, about that's that. fine. That's that's part of my my testimony. It's yeah. part of the platform. Uh, and, and ironically, this room has has part of it. That's yeah. As I that's, today. yeah. And I, when I walked in here, I'm like, it's this. It's, it's not creepy. It's, it's it's actually. I'll share that story. So, uh, we're doing the podcast here at at, at the church here, and in one of these rooms. I'll tell you about that shortly. But so, uh, w- not a 2003. We'd been married 16 and a half years. In December of 2003. My wife has minor surgery, which there's no such thing as minor surgery in my family. So, but she has minor surgery, mm-hmm. and four days later, she passes away from a blood clot due to the surgery and everything. And we were we were we were get, we were getting really close because our kids are older. We're able to do some stuff and leave the kids and go through stuff because Tyler was 14, Madison was 12, and mm-hmm. they're kind of forming their own friendships and one of people's houses so she and I could go out on a date and we did that before but we could do some just yeah. different things you oh, know yeah. that mean a lot because yeah. when they're younger you, you're just like high and by it's just I love you but we'll get with you later yeah. Yeah. five years later ten years later it's it you got to make sure that bonding stays tight but it, it's hard to keep it tight honestly but we were bonding really good not that it was bad but everything was going really good uh 
financially with the kids, church, everything. It's like just like this is. I'm not say utopia, but it was it was a blessing from mm-hmm. God. We knew it, and mm-hmm. then she passed away that that Thursday of uh, December the 11th, of 2003. So this year will be 19 years, which is crazy because I was 40 and she was 39. Mm-hmm. And the kids, you know, and I told Doug's group the hardest thing I ever had to do was tell my kids their mom had gone to heaven, and my brother was with me. And uh, Tommy and Janie Locke were in the house because the kids, they went and checked them out of school for me. Of course, they knew something was going on for them to get checked out of school. So when she passed away, that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. So after I told them, I had to go back down over the mountain because we were over in the cove. I had to go back down the mountain and go back to the hospital and do some paperwork or something. And when I got there... There's hundred. I mean, there's the hallway was packed with people from here at this church and other churches and a lot of friends of ours, mm-hmm. and it was crazy. Mm. And uh, I remember a great story from this church. Everybody was really supportive from here and other places, but but Lee Milam found me. He said, "Hey, you got to go get your kids." This happened before all the kids, and thankfully he. I went. That's when I went home and got the kids. Yeah. Out of school because text message had just started. Oh, you don't yeah. want your kids to find out. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a phone. I wouldn't let them have a phone. We, we said we're not giving them phones. They're too young. Did y'all hear that out there? Don't give kids a phone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, and I, I understand, but I had but but fourteen and twelve not getting a phone. Would just tell yeah. the teacher. But thankfully, that that was some great advice. So that that tragedy. In 03, now here I am, you know, 19 years later coming up on it in December. And it has, has it been hard? Yes, it's been very hard. So, so how do you make that tragedy? Do you carry it around like, like, just like a log around your neck and a chain and woe is me, pitiful me? Oh, but I'm a Christian, but oh, feel sorry for me. Well, I knew I couldn't do that because I had a 14 and 12 year old watching me mm-hmm. and I had to make sure. I exhibited those things in front of me. And, uh, and, and one of the things that, that happened in this room is brought the kids. She passed away on Thursday. Well, last time I checked, most churches in Sunday, Sunday's time to go to church. And I remember some people said, you're not going to church Sunday, are you? I said, oh, yes, we are. So we came into this room. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, that's room, just. We came into this room. Yes. But that's when I walked here and said, wait, this is the room. And it had pews in it. This was mm-hmm. the, where the children that holler a lot. Because <laughs> yeah. for some the cry reason. Room, the cry room. The cry room, yeah. So, <laughs> but we, we overtook it with, with a lot of family members. And uh, they they let us sit in here. Mm-hmm. So if we wanted to ball our eyes out or whatever, and we watched the service through the windows, mm-hmm. and the, everything's popped in. So, And so that Sunday, we came to service. And then, uh, get my bearings straight, I think – after it was over, I think we went upstairs, and this is the story that she's yeah, wanting to tell. So told, Angela yeah. and I totally forgot about it. I, I remembered it as soon as she said it. So Angela, man, who goes to church here, our Sunday school class when I was here, there was eighty to a hundred of us in one class, bigger than some churches. I mean, mm-hmm. massive class, great, great people, good melting pot of different. From me, a football guy, and you had engineers, and you had physicists, and you had. It was crazy, just realtors and judges. It was a good mix of folks up there, just common people having a great time learning the Word of God. So I took my kids up there, and Angela reminded me this other night when I was here, uh, I took my kids upstairs to, to the Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, I just, uh, I said, and my kids went with me, and they, didn't, they were tired, and they're, they feel sure, like they're yeah. getting drug around. And my in-laws were standing against the wall, Lisa's parents. And, uh, you know, and I, I said, the reason I'm here, I said, I, I wanted my kids to see what family was about. And I said, these people will will be alongside us along this journey, and from, especially because that was my age and a lot of Lisa's friends and my friends. Mm-hmm. And so I said, this is this is the family. Mm-hmm. And, and I just wanted them to see that. And I think Al or one of them prayed over, and I think we left early. I don't think we stayed for the whole class. But I wanted them to see, number one, you're going to go to church. 
wounded or well or, or healthy you need to go yeah. now I, i'm not saying it's, if we miss i, th- I know everybody would have understood but i th- i thought being consistent and and strong in, in in that that was very important the other thing was going to the class and letting them see that that a lot of those parents had kids that were friends to my kids but they they needed to see what it was you know they'd been ever been in that class, but they had that day. But they, I wanted them to see the faces and hear the prayer from from our group. So that was very important. And uh, and and I didn't do it for show. I did it for length of right now. But both my kids are in, in church. Yeah. And I think some of that was from not me, but from me getting everybody. Everybody says. I told him I was on drugs. I got drugged to church. I got drugged to school. <laughs> so, but I, I, I was gone. It was not, I didn't want to go every time. Yeah. But my kids said, we were going to go. I made it consistent because Lisa, my wife, was that way. We were going to be consistent with our faith through actions, not just wearing a cross and holding a Bible up or putting a fish on the back of our car. Nothing wrong with any of that. But, but yeah. your actions tell the story, not your Symbols, symbols yeah. are symbols. So, so I want to make sure they saw that. Said that, but, uh, excuse me. Angela, Angela brought that up, and that's really powerful. I forgot about that story. Yeah. And she talked about the impact that it had on her and yeah. that class. Yeah, she said that that strangely enough, you know, you you, you say you were doing yeah. it for your kids, which I believe yeah. right. to be true. Yeah, but you, you were also unintentionally doing it for that class because they yes. were they were hurting too. Yeah, they they were friends with her, and I didn't think of it that way at the time. But she said that that that's, that's so true. It's so, uh, in, in that class, along with others here, and others in the community, but specifically here because that's where we were at the time. The uh, the impact my kids saw was through uh, we we got fed four meals a week. This is crazy for eighteen months. Four meals a week for eighteen months. And boy, was the food good. So, wow. and my kids kind of got tired of it. I didn't because I didn't have to cook, even though I'm a cook. I just it's just, it helped oh, a yeah. tremendous amount. Sure. And there's a lot of people that that can really cook in this city, but in this church for sure. And so we ate we ate good. Well, we would we would started going some places, and then some people gave us gift cards. We got a thousand dollars in gift cards from people. Now we're talking almost twenty years ago. That's that's a good bit of money. Yeah, food. Sure. Nowadays it wouldn't be, but 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 right. it was a lot. And mm-hmm. and I wanted my kids to experience going to people's houses. Uh, and I went because it, it helped me out too. But I I needed. Remember, I'm I'm by myself a lot now because mm-hmm. my kids are in school. I'm working, so I I did it for the companionship with the, with the people that I knew from here or wherever, but specifically mm-hmm. here. And going out to their houses because that was a blessing for them to feed us. Yeah. Like when we do it for others, it's oh, a absolutely. blessing. Well, I want my kids to experience that and why I wanted to do that. And I'm not patting myself on the back. This was not only taught, but it was caught because my parents did this with other people. So I saw this happening mm-hmm. when I was growing up. So I, I wanted my kids to go in these people's houses and see meals served and talk to us and have a good time and, they might share stories about Lisa or something yeah. a few months later, but we went in there and ate, and they, oh, we don't want to go, but after about 30 minutes, they're glad we came. The kids are. Mm-hmm. We get in the car and said, well, I'm tired, ready to get home, but that was fun. And it, it was never, oh, brother, it was going, but coming back home, it wasn't because we had eaten good, but they <laughs> they needed the company, not only the mom and dad, but the kids that were there. Yeah. And so what happens they're 32 and 30 now. Now, they are starting to do the same thing when that happens. They saw how, how you how you take care of people. Yeah. And yeah. that's if you if you don't let someone you're robbing them of a blessing. When yeah. when someone asks you, "Hey, will you let me do this?" Uh, and people feel guilty. And that, and I, and I do mission work now, but you sometimes you got to let other people bless you. Yeah. Because you're you're blessing others, but if you don't let them bless you, either through a meal or something, uh, you, you're robbing them of a blessing, and mm-hmm. that, that's a whole different sermon by itself. To, yeah. But to don't, don't, don't nullify somebody from blessing you. Don't yeah. feel like I, I'm, 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 I make plenty of money. I don't, no, let them bless you, 
especially if the kids are involved. Teach yeah. the kids uh, a lesson. And mm-hmm. that's, that's hard to do, but you need to. So referencing the other yeah. night, one yeah. of the terms you've used yeah. that really stuck out to me is packing your kids' bags. Yeah. That, yeah. that And you can explain this better, but that, that all these things that, you know, he was talking directly to my young adults and saying, hey, this is your future life. You need to be packing your kids' bags. But that really stuck yeah. out to me as a, as, as a, you know, my kids are getting up, but all these years we've been kind of packing yeah. our bags. What 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 do you yeah. mean by it, that? Well, I, John Crowell played the Alabama, and John got the Big Oak Boys Ranch. If you've never been, it's an amazing place. I can't remember how many kids have gone through there. Brody, his son's running it now, and uh, and his his daughter Reagan, and and they they do a great job. They got a one in not far from here, one in Springville for the girls, but. It's it's kids that have a hard time. Uh, mom and dad just drop them off sometimes, or they're just going there to stay, and they've got these families. So John has had this ministry since 1974, and uh, so he talked about his son Brody. And uh, I heard this man 20 years ago, and I heard it. I said, "Man, that's what that's what I need to be doing. I'm doing it, but not like I need to." And he talked about packing the bags for uh, Brody and Reagan, his daughter. And, how when you pack the bags of, of me taking my kids to eat that time when they were 12 and 14 mm-hmm. or letting them experience. Uh, my son wanted a, a place to, no, no, it was a Sega Genesis. He was six or seven years old. <laughs> I made him stomp aluminum cans. They were like 53 cents a pound at the time. It was crazy. So we stomped cans and made $100. We had cans all over the garage, ants, everything. Lisa's like, get them things out of here. I said, we will. <laughs> so it took us about six weeks but we i made him i was packing his bag learning how to yeah you know work, work. and yeah. stomp cans and man we had cans everywhere people bring us cans so <laughs> and it was easy but i want to teach a lesson to him and also madison and things i taught her to go through and just but you put those things in their bag and you don't know when they're going to use it you have no clue mm-hmm. and so I, I mean i shared a story about my son in a football game he was just out of high school or just out of college. He's coaching football for the second year. He had gotten ready for the offense that day's offensive line coach and helped out with the offense. And he's young. And I remember he said, hey, Dad, he was living with me at the time because he was going to get married. I said, well, live with me, save your money. So he printed a, a spreadsheet up that coaches, you'll see them look at them on the sidelines of yeah. football. So he printed one up. First time ever they'd had one. So the other coach could use it, and he could use it, and the offense coordinator. Long story short, the offense coordinator got mad that night, not at my son. He got mad at the head coach, and he walks off the field. Walks off the field during the game. Mm-hmm. He's off the field, the offense coordinator. The head coach looks, and Tyler, my son, remember unpacking the bags? He had been doing this. He was ready, and it wasn't all the things I taught him. But some of the stuff, but some of it, he knew how to pack his bag now. He's just – Looks at his play sheet and starts calling plays. But I saw him unpack his bag right in front of – it wasn't packed because the team was real bad. But what I'm saying, <laughs> he, he went, but, he, but in front of people, yeah. he unpacks his bag sure. as, as, as a student of the game, but, but professionally. But we also unpack our bag when uh, as kids in the, what we say and do in our actions, our relationships – and if, if we're not careful as parents, as packing that bag, what are we putting in that bag? Are we putting and, – and if, if you get mad at me, I'm sorry, not y'all, but it, there's nothing wrong with boats and condos and all that. But mm-hmm. if they're taking your kids it, – it's okay to miss every blue moon, but if it takes your kids out all summer long out of youth activities and out of church – I'm sorry, but I got something wrong with that. That's me now. That's the way I was raised. Yeah. Don't be mad at me. I'm just telling you the truth. But when you pull your kids out, you're you're packing the bags full of worldly things. Hey, let's go have a great time, and that's fine every once in a while. But but don't if that's all they got. When the world fails them, yeah, the world's not going to take care of them if they don't pack it full of a lot of godly things and how Jesus is taking care of them and yeah. your testimony. And, and I tell people I said. You don't have to sit at your chair every day and read your Bible in front of your kids and pray and do all these holy. That's all great if you do it, but if you don't live it, they're not. You're not packing their bags. They're just seeing 
some things they're not if if you go right. and leave and raise Cain and you don't and you're not a good dad that stuff doesn't mean anything to them so what are you putting in their bags from a spiritual standpoint mostly but also from from how to work and how to do the simple things because one day when we're gone specifically Randy I we're older than you <laughs> we, but but our kids and grandkids are going to unpack yes these yeah. bags and yeah. so it's like what what's in the bag what did I put in there what did I what did I give my kids? What did I give my grandkids? What's what's my heritage? Not about me, but but the godly heritage. Uh, so so what's the Bible say? Remember the days of thy youth. Yeah. Well, if you don't give them anything to remember spiritually, and it's not in that bag, and they unpack it, they're gonna they're gonna find another bag from somebody else, yeah. or they're gonna put something in it to fulfill that bag, and and. It's very simple, but if you think of it like you said, it was powerful to me, Doug, as well. Yeah, I, I'm pulling it, stuff out. Yeah, and you see your kids start pulling stuff out, and going, "Holy smoke!" I remember my Madison does it, my daughter and my son, and my, wow, you know, uh, they pull that stuff out, and and you want to make sure that when they pull it out, they can that it has some attachment. Not only to you, but 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 it's got some attachment scripturally yeah. somewhere along the way. They don't need to dig through there and say, "Man, Dad was a good guy and he left us some money and he did this or he played football, had a great career." But that wh- where's the where's hey where's this? Mm-hmm. I thought I thought this I thought this, but have those spiritual things in the bag and live them in front of your kids. They'll be in the bag. They're not literally items. They're they're things your memories that your yeah that your kids got so sorry about the long answer but that no, packing that bag is, yeah. is 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 the hardest part too because you know why because you got to live it yeah it requires you. it requires yeah. me to live it yeah and boy that's the hardest part and i can so, yeah. speak yeah tyler and madison yeah. have you did you helped them pack very well, well yeah. thank you. <laughs> you did. but but, <laughs> but you know, you. And in, in the middle yeah. and now as we look today i actually ran into tyler yeah. In our neighborhood uh, yeah. over the weekend, and you've got a, a grandchild. Um, yeah. You're a granddaddy now. Yeah. Uh, maybe tell about her and, and then some uh, an update on her yeah. situation. So, so uh, and if bad things happen to p- people, I mean, it's like, hey, you're a missionary, also, and you, you, why does this happen to you? Or, well, to me, that's my testimony to other people. Said, well, God's got it. I'm okay. It's just, it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. like my mom and dad taught me. Everything's going to be okay. I always tell people that. Everything's going to be okay. I don't care who it is, what it is. I say, everything's going to be okay. And they're like, how can you say that? I'm like, do you want me to tell you? <laughs> so I, I got a lot. <laughs> plenty of long, got plenty with my <laughs> granddaughter about uh, June the 6th, two and a half, had a stroke. Now you said two and a half. I never heard of it either. But she had a stroke, the what you call a stroke, from the mouth to the arm to the leg. And so we go to Huntsville. They do some check. We go drive straight to Birmingham, get there at midnight. And Birmingham was great. And uh, we stayed up there 10 days roughly. And everything, uh, God was healing her from her walking to her speech. Mm. Uh, uh, the speech was there, just just the mouth was drawn a little bit, but that's gone. The walking is really good. Uh, she's full speed now. And we're talking about June 6th, so roughly a month. And then her right arm is starting to come back. But that uh, that's been that's been very hard on 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 my son and <clears throat> excuse me and my and my daughter in law. Abby's two and a half. She don't know what hard is. She goes hundred percent. So we th- so due to the stroke, uh, a, a clot in 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 the brain that's going to dissipate. They say so. No surgery required. Everything's healthy. They've checked her out. Great. But you're kind of walking around like a fence so she oh, doesn't yeah. fall because you're worried. Hey, And that's just the way nobody's told me this. It's just me. So we're walking around. Well, you do that for three or four hours. You're exhausted. So me and my daughter went out there <laughs> and took care of her the other night for about an hour and a half, two hours. And I got in the car. I said, I had a great time, but I'm exhausted. Madison did most of it. I'm like, she's so we got her on the bed and she bounced around on her knees and had a great time. And and, and but she walked around, but we're walking around, it looks like we're playing defense. You know, you got you been basketball, you got your yeah. hands all around. So yeah. we had a great time. But she's doing really good. But pray for pray for them. It's cause 
she's going through therapy. My son just started uh, a new job at, at New Hope. He's the head coach, and it just just a lot of you know. And, and this is me speaking. I just feel you know. I feel like you know, when, when you got a guy like my son that that's trying to influence his kids in a positive way, trying to get some spiritual side to those young men. Even though it's public school, you can still do it. Oh, Just ask the Supreme Court, right? So you <laughs> can still you can still influence these guys. So I know this. This is I I've got that. It's what I do. Having having what he's been through, and then having a daughter go through this. Now he's the head coach. Guess who's attacking him? Guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's get. I guarantee you. He my son's tired. He gets home, and when you're tired. You, the devil just hey I boy I got boy he wants to influence and I pray for my son I always have but I really pray for him y'all pray for him too just because he is at a leadership position and he is tired you know getting back from all this stuff the last four weeks and now he's starting football here soon so so that that's very hard to to uh, map that and, and try to help to come alongside because mm-hmm. uh, you know it, as a head coach. You got to be the man he is, but at the same time, that I know how the devil is. Oh if yeah, you, you can. I can feel when I go to certain places. I feel him on my back. Y'all felt it too. And everybody said, "What?" And I said, "Well, look, when you're doing God's work, He will attack you yeah. in, in every way, shape, or form." But you know, he he forgot he's the loser when it all, <laughs> when it all comes. Yeah. You know, so we 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 serve a risen Savior, but also the winner. So you know. Yeah, there's something about I know Randy yeah. speaks to this almost. Yeah. I feel like every episode we wind up talking about grandkids for yeah, some reason. That, that's easy. That's yeah. So when you have them, Doug, you will. It's, it's I'm sure just the most because uh, you got limited. There's like it's like a capsule. You got you got a limited time with them. You don't know how long. We, I mean, Randy and I are not far apart, but we don't know if we got five days, five years, twenty years. Mm-hmm. You know. Which, but but we don't know. But you, so every minute you get with them, you have to influence that grandkid in some way, shape, or form. That's why we're soft. Yeah, it's like, for sure. Right, so so grandparents not, are soft. That's for sure. We but, are. We're not going to wear them out. Or we're going to buy them ice cream. And <laughs> when do parents all the, are trying to do something, you're like, Oh we, yeah, we, what, what's we, going you on? You would have never treated no, us. No, we, why didn't you treat us that way? So what no, happened? You yeah. got real soft. Um, so well, so. Um, Going kind of progressing mm-hmm. forward, you know, we're yeah. present day with with a grandbaby. But you're you're also doing some work with yeah. mission work. Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah. Tell the people listening a little bit so, about what you're doing and how that came to be. Yeah, that, I'm glad I'm, I meant to go there, but I was waiting till the queue, I guess. But <laughs> I was wanting to know that the uh, so in 2010, my daughter moves to Costa Rica. Madison graduates from high school. She goes over with Score. It's a mission group out of Chattanooga uh, serving Christ, our Redeemer Enterprises. We got about 130 missionaries worldwide. We established churches, but this was a program they had for college students to go live there for nine months, work mm-hmm. in churches, learn the Spanish language. And so she goes over there, and then she calls me up, and I knew a little bit about it. She says, hey, Dad, they're doing football here in the spring. I want you to come over. Well, I've been in the city 20-something years. i I had I could take six or seven weeks off a year because I had so much comp. Time. Oh sure, yeah, because I worked a lot of events, sixty hours a week, so I had a lot of time off. So, excuse me. So so went over there, stayed ten days, did about six football camps, and I got through. And this is 2011. So, wow, this is fun. <laughs> so then I met a guy over there, Scott Holstein. Ironically, Scott's son just signed with the University of Alabama to be the quarterback. That's why Manning did wow. not say. Yeah, so wow. so the Holstein kid, to me, he's going to be better than Ma- Manning was because the Holstein kid, I know from whence he came, uh, <laughs> and I know where he's going, so I know they'll do good. There. But so Scott said, "Hey, next we were in Costa Rica." He said, "Next year, or I'm going to Israel." So the next year, I went to Israel. That's 2012. Did that? Then I went boom, boom, boom. Then next thing I know, I'm like, man, this is. This is I like this. So I'll go on two trips, three trips in 2012, and I go. I'm retiring. So I, I'm. I, I said, Nah. So I'm driving on Jordan Lane, and I'm coming down the hill on Jordan Lane, and I get by the old Beauregard's, mm-hmm. which is now 
uh, I don't know, it's a something bakery. bistro. A bistro. It's a bistro. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm driving right by it. I just hung up with Scott Holstein about going to Israel. Mm-hmm. And y'all, I, I get the light there at Holmes, and I'm stopped, and I'm fixing to pass the bistro place now, but it was Beauregard's in. And I remember it like yesterday. Uh, I had my windows up, and I felt this wind saying, "You need to go. You need to go to work and retire." I felt it. I mean, you can tell me, ah, "I'm sorry, I felt it. You weren't mm-hmm. there. I was." So yeah. just believe it. God, <laughs> yeah. God does things. Shoot, yeah. But but I was fat at the time. I was faithful, available, and teachable. <laughs> okay, that's what. I, so I, I was faithful in what I was trying to do. I was available and I was teachable. Cause so. When that hit me after talking to Scott, the, it's just like the Holy Spirit said, hey, you need to do this. And I felt some kind of, I had felt the urge, but I felt the wind. Remember, both windows are up, mm-hmm. and my air conditioner was not on high. So anyway, <laughs> I went to work, and I looked at my calendar. I'm like, okay, I'm retired. And they said, you're not retired. I said, I'll have 25 years. So sure enough, that was like, oh, shoot, eight months later, I retired mm. and left and Took a pay cut, got retirement, got my insurance, and I got out of there and I started raising money to be uh, full time. I hate using the word missionary because missionaries, I think, live in that country. But I do mission work. Yeah. I travel. I leave here, go over to another country, and then since then, uh, then then I mean, the day I retired that Thursday, I had my retirement party because I wasn't gonna go to work at Friday. I was just, you know, calling sick or something. But uh, but <laughs> that Tuesday, I flew to Istanbul, Turkey, and started my mission work. And then I I hadn't slowed down since, so except for COVID. But I'm able to go to uh, – this year I've been to Costa Rica and just got back from Israel two weeks ago. And all of it's American football. Sometimes I do some baseball, some basketball, but it all has – main thing is American football. 73, 74 countries play American football overseas. So if you're interested, call this, call these guys on here, and I'll be glad to tell you about it. But I, I'll take anybody on a trip, and and uh, the best thing on trips is when I take someone that's not living the real strong life or not the believer, mm-hmm. and they become a believer. Most powerful thing in the world. Uh, it was a guy, and we're in Turkey, and we're in the airport praying with our eyes open because we don't get arrested, <laughs> and he looks at me and Mark. And he said, y'all are like father figures. He said, I became a Christian on this trip. And that's a big deal with me. Wow. It's, I go there for the people yeah. and to coach mm-hmm. them in football. But but when someone on your own trip, and that's happened to me two or three times on the 70-plus trips I've been on. And so since then, I, that's what I do. I do domestic and international trips. And uh, Costa Rica, Panama, uh, let's see, China, Israel, Turkey, Italy, uh, I'm gonna forget some some other places. I just I've been to Lebanon, but they wouldn't let me cross the gate. I asked the UN guy, I said, "Can I come step over?" He said, "Nope, you can't come over." <laughs> I was I, I want to go walk in Lebanon. Been to Jordan, yeah, and I've been a lot of places. And uh, and so it's just a joke th- thing. Is people say, "Where you go in Italy?" Because you know Italy's like a woman thing that they want their husband to take home. <laughs> I I say, "Well, I go to Florence and Rome. So they got football teams. They want us to coach." You know. Oh man, I want to go with you on that one. Can I get in your luggage? I'm like, well, when we football, we're going to be working hard, and we might two or so, but we're going to eat good, but we're going to coach hard. <laughs> and they go, well, I want to go, and they look at me like, man, you're blessed, and I am. And I said, well, rich people need Jesus too. And so, <laughs> and so, but that's that's the you know that's what we forget sometimes. It's it's when we go on these trips, what yeah. are we going for? Are we going. Uh, Matthew 28, go into all the world, yeah. preach the gospel. The, the the problem, and I said this the other night, and, and I, my pastor's great at this, it is, and I've heard this from other people, it, go, it means as you go. It yeah. means when, when, we, when we leave the church parking lot here, mm-hmm. we get on the bus, we're praising the Lord. When we get on the plane, and the plane's delayed, we're praising the Lord. Oh, the pilot turns around to come off the tarmac, we're praising the Lord. We're not happy. But they need to say our testimony as we go, not when we land in Belize or Turkey or Israel and we're there. And then, okay, time to put our Jesus face on. Yeah. It should have been on from the time we got in that parking lot. Amen. Where, and, and that's the problem is we got an on and off switch with our religion. Yeah. And last time I checked, that's not 
that's not the way we – if it's genuine, it, it ought to be oozing out of us. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. And I, I admit, I've, I've, I've failed in that several times. Other things ooze out. But, uh, it's, it's, you know, the, the harder you squeeze, what comes out. And that's what you hope the harder someone squeeze on us that there's, they see the faith in us. And it yeah. shouldn't take that much of a squeeze, if that makes sense. But, yeah, so I'm blessed to go with SCORE all on these trips. Uh, people say, hey, I, I don't get in that. And then I tell them how I do it. I have to raise my own funds. Yeah. They go, well, I, I need to pray about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've had to pray about it too. But when God told me to do it and take a 48% decrease in my pay, I did it. And he's taking care of me. As y'all can see me today, I'm – I'm not hurting. You're not starving. <laughs> I'm not starving. Sure. <laughs> I'm not starving. I've lost some weight, but uh, yeah. but yeah. So, but but God takes care of us. He yeah. really, really does. And if we let Him, it's the problem is letting Him. Yeah. We, it's, it's you know He's there for us. He comes along. He gives us that freedom. But sometimes we want to control everything. And uh, and just because I've had these tragedies happen in my life, I'm not gonna. I don't. There's a saying: Don't waste a hurt. Because mm-hmm. people, you know, another one is hurt people. Hurt people, they hurt people because they're hurt and they don't know how. They don't know where to put it. And they don't know how to, you know. So if you can come alongside them, I got a thing on my phone. I got about seven or eight men that have lost their wives. One of them from here. Uh, I just yeah. touched base with him the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and I I just call them, go out and eat. We don't we don't really get into scripture. It's just hey, I'm here. I've yeah. been through what you've been through. Cause it, cause it's it's hard, and I so I got about seven or eight men, you know, that I I just touch base with, just mm-hmm. just about, cause I can get in where y'all two can't, right? right. You know what I mean? Exactly so right. I I can walk in doors, y'all can't walk in, but y'all can walk in doors, I can't, and we need to remember that. Just cause mine is Alabama football and NFL, I got all these great things that people like to talk about. That's my platform, yeah. But that's where I get to enter into people's lives. That's my entry point. Y'all have an entry point too. It may not be glamorous, but it'll be glamorous in heaven. Yeah. One day when you look and say, hey, there's that kid and there's that there's that young adult that uh, made a turnaround. Yeah. You know, even though they're a Tennessee fan. You know, they're going <laughs> <laughs> to It's a big turn. It's a it? big turn, man. It's a, um, so, but, but, you know, you're, you're right. And I, and I feel like, so one of the reasons why we we've done this podcast is to bring that authenticity, you know, unbroken yep. jars. This idea yep. that we are we're all really broken, but but Jesus makes us unbroken. Yeah, and He uses us all, no matter how broken our story is, no matter yep. where we've been, no matter what we've been through, and that to me, that's what I love about what you just said because faith is more than just hey, I'm going to church. Yeah. Or I'm going to do this thing to to look holy. It's that full life, full on commitment, yeah. and that's coming out. It oozes out, as you say. It, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do because total release. And I and I it took me a while. Total release. I, I found out in football. Hey, trust the coach. Look, look, God's got that set up for us through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. It's all set up. The total release. But you you can't experience it if you three-fourths release. Mm-hmm. There's still, I think my math's right from Alabama, but there's one-fourth <laughs> left that you didn't release. And it's like, hey, I, I can't give that boat up or I can't give pornography up. Or I can't, I, oh, I can control it. No, no, you can't. You can't. You cannot control If he's not controlling everything, he's not controlling anything. You have to release it all because everybody's, well, no, he, well, God cannot look on sin. If we're sinning, then we're saved. And I mean, God forgives us, but he cannot use you to your full capacity Mm -hmm. if you're sitting there. And I know that that sounds harsh to some people, but I'm learning that every day. It's everything I do, everything I listen to, everything I see. You know, uh, I've been to his church, but Tony Evans, one of my favorite writers, Kingdom Man, mm-hmm. and that's what it's about—the kingdom. And and once I hit fifty something, it was all about kingdom work, as far as not only mission work, but especially with my kids. Now, yeah. I'm, I'll be sixty next year. It's all about kingdom for my grandkids, but it's kingdom about everything. 
Mm-hmm. And I work mostly with men because of my situation, yeah. you know, and, and everything. So, uh, but the jar thing, I, I copied a story last night. I heard the thing and I'm looking, I copied it and I'm, I'm a, I, and I can't remember, uh, y'all have heard the story. Uh, it's, uh, the jars in Japan and I can't remember the word I had it. I had it listed on here for, for, but they, they took the broken jars and, and fixed them. Mm. And they would put the, uh, I think it starts with a K, but they fixed the jars with gold and patched them up with gold. Oh, yeah. And bonded them. And they're just really neat. That's to, there's no sense in wasting that clay. Yeah. And, the, and it, they seal it up and mix it with some paste and stuff. And they put the gold in there and put it back together. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same. Jesus puts us back together. Yeah. And and that's kind of it's a real neat. I'm telling the story horribly, but it's a, it's a kinsing or something. But there's yeah. a patchwork they do. It's really neat that mm. they do in Japan, and it's just you see it. And a lot of the vases that they've redone are very valuable. Yeah, and that's what we are. We're valuable because he patches everything up. And and the and the other thing is jars. The jars come from Earth. Yeah, and that's basically what we are. Oh, absolutely, we're, we're from exactly. the Earth. And exactly. And uh, what what are we putting in the jar? Is the bottom line? Is the yeah. jar? We're a jar, but a vessel, or either way, what what are we putting in there? That's exactly every, right. Every day, we that's that luggage. That's kind of the luggage I was talking about. Yeah. Same same thing. Except except I look at unbroken jar. Is that just a name y'all came up with? Yeah. For yeah it? yeah after yeah. after a few scriptures. But yeah. 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 But in, in this, yeah. I mean, I'll say yeah. you have a, such a. A wonderful testimony and an awesome. We get stood there and talk, and they got they got umpteen <laughs> stories. Got, yeah. But what yeah. if you know people out there are listening? If they wanted to uh, get in touch with you or find out more about Score, how what's the best way to do that to continue this conversation? Maybe maybe there's somebody out there that's struggling, yeah. and maybe just you know, I, mean, I would like to talk to him or communicate with him. Yeah, I, and I'd be glad to talk to you. Communications is tough because of my travel. Sometimes I may not get back to you, so I apologize. Yeah. Uh, the best way is either call you guys or, or you can call my cell phone. I don't mind that going out because I don't have it on, but, but I do have it on. I mean, I check it. But do you have a website or something? I, I got an email. Okay. I, I'm and I'll be blunt. My website I have to be careful with because of my travel. Mm-hmm. So if I send them my missions website, uh, that could hold me back in an airport as I'm going through Moscow into Turkey. Or does that make sense? Not that I'm a secret service agent, but I mean, China, my, my email didn't work in China for 24 hours. I get my 24 hours. So I went <laughs> through a, a special line. Somebody called said, Hey, pay this. You'll be able to get your emails. Cause it looks like it's coming out of British Columbia or somewhere. instead <laughs> of the United States. But no, the best way is either my cell phone or what, what do you want me to give my email? Yeah, maybe give you an email. Wait, email. Can, they can call somebody. Yeah, can uh, my email is hoss, H-O-S-S-J-60 at gmail.com. Hoss, H-O-S-S-J-60 at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to get me because uh, I do travel and I get it. And uh, and so I'm, my communications is lacking sometimes because when I'm in another country, I'm eight hours off or <laughs> I'm so busy, I, I, you know, coaching, and then I get back, and then when I'm ready to call you or – communicate with you you're in bed at four or three or four o'clock in the morning you don't hear from me yeah. you know but i emails i can do it and maybe your phone will notify you and ding like crazy <laughs> i wasn't that serious about talking to him well and so yeah, but call me about anything especially the mission stuff or if you're a widow that uh, guy specifically and say hey i'm having a tough time just just let me know and, and kids too i got a soft heart for kids going through losing a parent yeah. That's not supposed to happen, but guess what? God allows it, and we're supposed to help them as a church and as people That's to right. get through yeah. that. And then, hopefully, that that kid will, you know, come out the other end. Yeah. So, but Paul, so I appreciate. No, thank you, you guys. You you being I appreciate here. Appreciate it. I, I really I really would love to to wrap up this with a prayer yeah. and pray over you and your family okay. and uh, specifically good. your your grandchild. Hey, but, I appreciate it. Thank you, Doug. Yeah. Thank you, Randy. Thank, thank you, you both. Thank you both. Let's pray. Thank you. God, I'm thankful for uh, I'm thankful for Hoss and the blessing that he's been in our lives, uh, mm-hmm. to to me specifically, to his children and to this church, Father. But even larger than that, to your kingdom, 
We're thankful for the work that he's doing now for your kingdom and pray uh, for your special blessing to be over him, for him to continue to uh, show love and be love, even if that is just speaking words of encouragement um, and allowing you to do the work that we're all supposed to allow you to do. Um, Father, right now we pray for Tyler's child and just pray for mm. complete healing over her. Father, where um, where she continues on and and uh, continues to uh, to to continue to progress in in her healing, Father, we're thankful for your love. We're thankful for the time we've had together, Father, and for those listening. Um, I pray that the words that you have spoke through Hoss and maybe something heard today will uh, encourage them to impact the world for you. Thank you for Jesus and through Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks again, Hoss. Uh, Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. It was awesome. Thank you. Our stories of brokenness, struggles, failures, and sin help others know that they are not alone and that while we as a church are imperfect and broken, God has the ability to take our stories and to make them into a story that shines the light back on Jesus. And that's a beautiful thing. It's our hope that the people listening to this will find confidence in knowing that God can and will use your stories if you're willing to share it. We appreciate your comments and feedback on Unbroken Jars podcast. We'd also love to hear from you if you have a faith story you'd love to share. You can reach out to us at unbrokenjars at gmail.com. Please understand that our goal is always to honor God by the experience of real life stories and real faith that you hear on this podcast. May God bless your life as you live out your story of real faith in your own settings.